Welcome, marketing interns, to Podcast 53. Today's podcast is a special podcast. We're in Hilton Head, South Carolina. We're on the road. And I feel like because it's a special podcast, let's roll that intro music right now. Boom. And the boys from the back pocket are back. Decky Brown, how we doing? We're doing great. Andy Automatic, picking me up from the airport. We're in here. We're here in uh, South Carolina, Hilton Head, South Carolina. We you picked me up in Savannah, Georgia. Now we're in South Carolina. Absolute blast. We're, we're just. It's a little uh, road game for the boys from the back pocket. We're on the road. We're, we're celebrating. Uh, the four years that we just in, enjoyed with three other guys, it's been uh, it's been a hell of a ride, and my grandparents have now uh, welcomed us into their home in South Carolina, and uh, we're just enjoying our. How, you're here for three days. My boys were other boys were here for five. five. Yeah, five. So it's been so far. It's been an all around blast. Yeah. We first off have to say thank you, Bill Goodhue, BB, the grandfather of Silicon Valley. Look him up if you don't know who he is. He's a great dude. Roll Tech. He's a Georgia Tech guy. But let's get after this podcast. we got a sweet podcast today. Guest this week is Johnny Stafko. We'll get to that in a little bit. But let's, I mean, we have to get after it right now as far as our average average quality. quality. Yeah, so this week, our average quality is kind of the theme of what we're going through right now. It's trying to figure it out, adjust and go on the road. Like you said, FOAG is figure out, adjust and go. And we are away from home. We're away from the Washington this week. So Andrew and I have to create and find our own podcast studio this week. Uh, the lovely setting for this week's Podcast 53 is Andrew's closet. Yeah, so this closet is my grand- grandparents' closet. And we just we tested every closet that we had because every room has a closet, right? Mm-hmm. So we sat in every single one. We tested every single chair in the house, make sure that the, the squeak was minimal or non-existent. And uh, we came up with this table right here, which is this a closed, little concoction, I don't closed know. drying rack. We couldn't really fit a real table in here, so we, you know, this one kind of extends out. It's nice and it's plain and simple. Yeah, it gets the job done. Yeah, don't even dude. And that's a great transition, actually. Our saying of the month this week, marketing interns, is don't even. And I don't even know where you'd fit that into uh, your routine, but you should. Yeah, just. If you want to fit it in, or if you don't, don't even. Don't even. Don't yeah. even go for it. But uh, figuring out on the road that we're this is going to be a fun podcast because on the back end we got a little surprise for our marketing interns. Yep, we're going back to situational podcasting. Our early on marketing interns know exactly what this is. Situational podcasting is where Andrew and I go somewhere specific and record. So uh, when we were in Aruba, we did a situational podcast at 10,000 feet over the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, the audio quality there, n- not as good, but... It wasn't great. Yeah, who who can say they did a podcast at 10,000 feet over the Bermuda Triangle? Probably not a lot of other podcasts. That's why we're the best. That's why we're top 10 on iTunes. And that's why we're average, because we're picking spots that, you know, are not always for best quality, but it's for the experience. Yeah, we're throwing... It's for the content. Exactly. We're throwing all our ideas at the wall, and one hopefully one sticks. Um, another faux egg moment for us. 
is uh, the, the time of the setting that we're shooting this podcast mm, because uh, when you're on, when you're on vacation, you want to minimize your business talk in front of everyone else. You want to make sure that you're not you know always talking podcast talk. Bothering everyone because it's vacation. You know, we're trying to experience the joy of the sun. We're trying to live in the present moment, and that present moment's usually outside mm-hmm. and not in a closet talking about uh, podcasts and what you want to do. Rather than when you're on vacation, you probably just should go ahead and do the things you want to do. Yep. So we're in the closet in my room, and Steve is currently sleeping, our yeah. first string producer, yeah. who's been nowhere to be found. Like, he should be up right now in this closet with us, checking the audio, but he's sleeping. Yeah. We're not going to hold it against him. Right. I mean, how many episodes has it been now? We should, like, do a running tally of how many episodes we haven't had a producer for. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe uh, maybe we get a new producer. Maybe we uh, have a vlogger who's following us around Hilton Head. Uh, you know, something like that. Capturing this beautiful background of Andrew's closet. All these nice clothes. All these nice folded clothes. Hangers. Uh, you know, picture frames. Like, this is great. We absolutely love it in here. Let's get after our segment. Though. I have one more follow moment. Oh. Give me one more. The other FOAG moment is just finding other times to talk about the podcast when we're not recording. Mm. So we took full advantage of that when I picked you up from the airport and it's an hour drive back. And I think we have probably our healthiest conversation yet on the future and the current moment of the podcast and how we can extend um, what we're doing and make it into a, find a goal and try to attack it and be niche down like Jack Doomer has suggested for us. Absolutely. You know, if... I think what's really important, um, especially for any kind of company or business, is to always have goals in mind, um, always have landmarks that you want to hit to track your progress. So Andrew and I, yeah, we had that, we had that hour to basically hash out you know, what those short-term goals are, what those long-term goals are, where we want to see ourselves in a year, because we didn't really set a goal when we first started this podcast, because we honestly didn't know what we were doing yet. But now it took about a year and five months later, however long it's been, we've been able to, um, you know, find our why, find exactly what this podcast stands for, find exactly who the back pocket is, what we represent. And now that we have that image, now taking that next step, now setting those goals is going to help us, you know, um, track our progress, see our, um, see the results, you know? Absolutely. And, Going off of that right away, you know, what, what else are we tracking? What else are we continuing? What else are we focusing on? Our segments. We're trying mm. to niche down, figure out what hits, what sticks, and we know this sticks. Decal's Eye in the Sky has turned into just Eye in the Sky because, because we're a podcast. We're, it's Andrew and Declan, not just me, not just you, but we're together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, exactly. And kind of stole your thunder there. Keep going. No, dude, that was perfect because that transitions me right into our first eye in the sky because we're floating above, making sure everything's even keel, seeing what's out there. Maybe something new, maybe something that we've seen in the past. But century really, acuity. Century acuity. We've seen it, but we didn't really see it well. We didn't see it fully. Uh, the first one would be two brains, two small brains combined. I mean, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. One. So one really smart guy, like an Einstein... Or, uh, let's say, uh, Steve Jobs, a Bill Goodhue, one of those kind of guys, you know, one really big brain is and directed and motivated is phenomenal. Those guys come around, you know, once a decade, but when you got two average guys, if you combine the heads, it equals one of those. Mm-hmm. So Andrew and I, going back to our conversation in the car for an hour, we were like, man, if we put two heads together in this and we work together, we can accomplish something great. 
because you know two small brains is just better than one. Absolutely, and you know who has a pretty pretty great brain? Who's that? I think Rob Lawless. Absolutely. So yeah. the importance of connections. That is something that I learned or that I was aware of this week, listening to the Purpose in Youth podcast by Bob A. If you want to go check that out, we're giving them a shout out this week. Purpose in Youth, you can find them on iTunes, you can find them on Spotify. They are a podcast, again, very similar to us, and it's all about showing uh, the purpose in people's lives. And Bob A. is a guy who graduated a couple years ago in Boston, um, graduated, didn't really know what he was going to do, moved out to L.A., He's been there ever since. He's a full-time Uber driver and a podcaster and just loves to connect with people, loves to show the purpose in what people are doing. And it's not doesn't have to be, you know, the biggest or the most uh, um, important pe- or important people are well-known, but everyone's got a passion that they're trying to follow, and he brings that out in the Purpose and Youth podcast. But, again, Rob Lawless, really cool dude, uh, talking about, how he has he quit his job Rob Lawless quit his job at Deloitte had to pay him five thousand dollars back and then because he he left after before a year right? yeah yep yep before a year and he had uh, a goal to meet ten thousand people for an hour at a time because mm-hmm. it's just, still going on and right? it's still going on yeah he's yeah. like almost at two thousand and he's just crunching dude it's amazing what he's been able to accomplish yeah I mean that gives us a really cool. Eye in the sky, right there. I mean, you hit it, you hit the nail on the head with the importance of connections. I mean, that for us in our life right now, if we can understand that early and take that on to just our daily routine of being willing and being um, open and ready and looking and seeking the opportunities to sit down with other people, it doesn't need to be for an hour. It doesn't need to be anything significant. We don't need to be talking about jobs or anything, but just literally sitting down and talking outside of the podcast in more of a less formal setting. Even this podcast is less formal, but still, um, sitting down, grabbing a piece of pizza or a cup of coffee. I mean, people are, we, we, we got told that numerous times throughout our college career. However, I don't even think those people were doing it. And I don't even think anyone actually listened to their advice. The, the actual doing of sitting down and having those connections is would you say just people aren't taking advantage of that? Yeah, I would say it's completely undervalued right now, just the value of um, in-person networking and in-person just conversation, being able to just take that time for an hour to sit down with someone and, you know, not have a goal in mind, Mm -hmm. just talk to them. And that's exactly what Rob's doing. And I think we, I mean, I think we've done a really good job of that. Uh, The podcast, the platform that we've had, you know, allows us to perform in that way. But we've also met and ran into a lot of cool people like Phil Zhao, whose company is literally based on behind that idea of uh, networking, getting mentors to help you out. But at the end of the day, you're just sitting down having coffee with the guy. Or you're sitting down and going to grab a beer on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter because, you know, those the value. I don't, And that's the thing that Rob was saying is like the um, our culture right now does not value those um, just networking and in-person connections and just the value of sitting down and talking to someone. Yep. And I think that is something that we can really grasp and, you know, show on this podcast, but also, you know, monetize and use ourselves. Yeah, that's fantastic. So check out Rob Lawless. I mean, follow him on Instagram because he's hilarious um, under Bob A. And, uh, Bob A is funny, yeah, but also, yeah, Rob, take 10K friends. If you mm-hmm. go look at him, he posts a story about every single one. And it shows, like, you know, what we try to do, everyone has a story, we tell it, but more so just the idea that everyone's got is a motivator, influencer, and an entrepreneur. 
or has those qualities. And Rob really brings that out because he'll, he'll post the picture with him and then he'll write the story about him. And everyone's story is different. Everyone's got their own passion that they're following. It's really cool to just see it. It makes you feel good, honestly. Right on. So, so, so far with the eye in the sky, we got the importance of connections. We got two brains combined. Better than, better than one. Better than one. Absolutely. And then one other thing that I noticed throughout this car trip that I took down here, the Southern Manners, I mean, when you just, even that fast food um, joints and everything like that, they're just on a whole new level. They are so nice and genuine. And at least it feels like they're genuine. They don't, they don't even need to be genuine, but their manners and their verbiage that they're using, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it makes, it warms my heart. Wow. So it, service goes a long way. Yes. If you can tailor yourself to where you are naturally being that genuine when you probably are because, you know, if you're at the Waffle House and you get a waiter or a waitress and, like, she's super nice to you, well, she also has to be that same way to, like, 50 other people. And I guarantee you that it's not as genuine as you might think it is, but she has trained herself to be that way, and I think the South really brings out people. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Let's also not forget, uh, in addition to Southern Manners, the importance of our business cards. Um, so we just got in, we'll hand out our business cards when we talk to someone about the podcast. But again, we're not really trying to talk about the podcast. We're not trying to force the conversation. Put it that way. If we, if someone wants to talk podcast, you know what? Balls in my court. I'm gonna go talk podcast. Yeah, we're gonna roll with it. <laughs> we're not gonna say no. Mm-hmm. But you know, leaving your business card somewhere as a as a nice advertisement and brand awareness is a great thing. And one of those spots was, uh, you know, at the stall in a bathroom mm-hmm. where, you're, you know, you're taking a piss at the urinal and you look up right in front of you and it's like, oh, my God, Declan Brown from the back pocket. I uh, we, we tried this out last night and it was uh, pretty successful, I'd say. I, I'd say it was a huge success. We just placed it. There's a little shelf right above the urinal and we put both our business cards. So each urinal had a business card. And, uh, I mean... We think it brought a lot more awareness. We're waiting to hear back from anyone that... Uh, yeah. Our uh, downloads are up. Our downloads are up, so I think it's a hit. I Let's think it was a hit. I actually went in a second time after I put my business card in there, and my business card was gone. And I was like, what happened? So I was looking around the floor, you know, thinking, what could this possibly be? But I think someone took it, so that might be a good thing. Okay. So then, And then I put another one up there. Nice. So we're good to go. But hey, the importance of connections, business cards, Southern Manners... And two brains are better than one. Mm-hmm. A lot of things we're seeing this week on uh, our eye in the sky. Good stuff. Any others? I think that's everything. Okay. Um, so, trapping the puck, we realized that Instagram has a great platform to reach in out, and other all social medias really have a great platform to reach in out to other people. And we've really utilized this in the past few podcasts, as you've seen. We've done a lot of FaceTime, at Skype, interviews. Skype interviews, and this time around, we had Johnny Stafko. We just reached out to him on social media um, because he has a phenomenal following. And we're like, this would be a really cool guest to have on. He's got a great story. He really fits our mantra. And it ended up being probably one of the more motivating podcasts that we've actually that we've done from start to finish. Yeah, I would also say it was really beneficial for us because he's been in the podcast game for, I think, two and a half years. He had a podcast with a, a business partner. Um, and they ran it together. And then, you know, they ran into some issues and he was like, you guys got to take care of these issues if you guys want to make it. Because they ended up stopping their podcast. And then he just started his new podcast called the Ungoogable, this uh, modern day secrets of giants or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a really cool podcast where he's, he's got on like Rich Roll, Gary Vee, 
Dan, Dan Kil or Dean Kilby, like all these really really well known Evander uh, Holyfield, Evander Holyfield, mm-hmm. like all these really cool dudes, motivators, um, and so we got him on. He's a great connection for us. I hope you guys really enjoy it. Uh, one thing he lives in Australia, um, which was really interesting, and uh, I think. This isn't like a bashing him, but he definitely lives in the 90s. Oh, yeah. He's stuck in the 90s. Um, you can even check him out on the social media. And I think that enhances his, like, just personality because <laughs> once you, like, kind of get that vibe from him, you're like, this guy's really cool. He just loves life. He moved from um, uh, Youngstown, yep. Ohio, um, went to California after that, or he bounced around a little bit in the United States and then ended up going to Australia to just get a fresh start. He's like, I I don't like my lifestyle. I want to change it. And he just picked up his roots and took him to Australia and he's made himself he's made a name for himself in Australia and thank you Johnny Stafko first off for joining us and I know you're going to inspire our marketing interns because you absolutely inspired Declan and I so enjoy Today's guest is another fantastic guest. Let's welcome Johnny Stafko, a fitness guru, a man that knows how to handle the right situations. He is a veteran in this situation. He has a podcast of his own. So let's welcome Johnny Stafko. What is up, guys? I appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you for taking time out of your day. Yeah, appreciate it. So we know, we do a little research. We know you have a podcast called Ungoogleable, where you just get super massive humans and talk entrepreneurship uh, lifting, all kinds of good stuff. Could you expand on that just to, uh, just to give us uh, some insight? Yeah, so Ungoogleable is actually my second podcast. I, I started one about two and a half years ago uh, with a co-host and a business partner similar to you guys, and we were both strength coaches, and I was interviewing a lot of people just specifically in my industry, the fitness industry, which globally is actually a really tight, small, knit community. So, you know, you reach out to one, you reach out to another, and then you just kind of build your network from there. You build credibility. And then I started my own Ungoogleable in January with the same sort of premise of wanting to still be inquisitive, but I'm really into science, physics, entrepreneur, like you mentioned, sports. Kind of, you know, my whole life I kind of, you know, I played football, baseball, basketball, box, but I kind of had to keep my nerd on the down low. So, like, this podcast allows me to. Um, you know, yesterday I talked to one of the leading spinal cord uh, stem cell researchers in Australia yesterday. So the, the show is about ungoogleable. I think more often than not, we, we try to look externally for answers. We're searching. Um, but I'm a big firm believer that, you know, without getting too hippie-ish spirituality, but I think we already have all those answers. And the deepest ones that we need you're not going to find, so you already have them. So that was the premise of Ungoogleable. Oh, right on. That's Love it. Cool. Um, well, this is an average podcast, and we're average dudes. Um, I know you've, you've probably done a little research on us. And uh, our first question, yeah. we love it, is what's your average quality? I actually do love that question, man. It's, it's a dope question. My, my average quality, so are you talking like average qualities in terms of like my personal strength sort of thing? You could take it that way. We just like this. Okay. We consider it some things we do well sometimes, some things we don't yeah, do well yeah. at all. Yeah, and at the end of the day, we're just average dudes. <laughs> That's dope. Probably my average quality is... Wow, that's a tough question, man. Uh, I'd like to th- I'm, I don't think I'm good or great at anything either, so I'm, I'm going to try to piggyback off the energy you're throwing at me. Probably I've been average at just... 
I don't know, life? That's a, that's a, that's a cop-out, but dude, that's a tough question. I like it. Yeah, I mean, we like to call... So one of our, our favorite things is with digital marketing, we are just yeah. oblivious yeah. to how to push out the content <laughs> the right way. And we just talk about it on the podcast several times. I was like... Oh, we just totally YouTube. We didn't. We didn't know anything. We we what we just did there. We yeah. Let's talk about like we our recording device for our YouTube page is a GoPro, and that GoPro gives us more pains, and we are so bad at operating it. It's just like it makes us so average. I would also say like a personal average quality outside of the back pocket. I would say I'm just super average at ironing shirts. Like I can't iron yeah. shirt to save my life to make it look like presentable. So like. There's all kinds of like different things that I just find every day. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's a really average quality. Like I parallel parking, it. average, average, <laughs> can't do it, not well at least. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely probably the podcast. Just sticking to the podcast game, my technology, my tech savvy. I always tell people, I say you guys would be shocked with how little I know about technology. So let's go to tech then. All right, right on, Johnny. I found out what a what an RSS feed is like. Uh, maybe a year ago and like Dude, man, figuring out insane. Yeah. most stressful process that we've ever had to go through was figuring out this RSS feed. Yeah. Going, going from an RSS feed to get it on iTunes. Like now, if you were to start podcast now, there are like plenty of opportunities to figure it out and like people do it for you. But we like bootstrapped and did it the worst way. Like we started on website, then we generated our own RSS feed and then we pushed it out to everyone. But now like a year later, we finally like, yeah, yeah, whatever. put it together. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Sorry, I brought it up. <laughs> well, no, it's all good, man. The first podcast I started, my business partner, he did all of that stuff. And I kind of just showed up, um, booked in guests, and did my thing on the show. But when I started on Google in January, I did everything. So I, I know you. I think I watched this two-minute YouTube clip on the RSS feed. I think I watched it like 20 times, dude. It gave me anxiety. Like, I, it was stressful. <laughs> it's bananas. That's so bananas. Yeah. But another thing that's also bananas, which is a great transition, is uh, you're in Australia now. You're in Sydney. Um, but you grew up in Youngstown, Ohio. How the frick did this happen? Let's let's get the whole story start to finish. Dude, yeah. So uh, I wrote a... I finished, I wrote a book, it'll be, uh, I'm not plugging it because it's not out yet, it's getting published, but I, I go in depth in that, but yeah, I, live, I grew up in Youngstown, man, it's, in the 1980s, it was dubbed murder capital of the world per capita, old steel town, gritty, gritty northeast Ohio town, but um, I grew up there at 19, I went to Pennsylvania, so school near Pittsburgh, and then, you know, every... I think it was every Memorial Day to Labor Day, we would move down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, just for the summer. So I was doing that for a few years, popping down there, playing baseball. And then when I was 23, I was like, screw this, I'm tired of being cold. I got my car and drove from Pittsburgh to Long Beach, California, to Southern California. I lived there for seven years. And then at 20, I think I was 28, I had like 30 bucks in my name, jumped in my car again with my dog, and drove through the desert to live to La- and move to Las Vegas lived there for two years and then visited Sydney on my 31st birthday was there for two weeks went back to Vegas and I was like man how do I move there applied for a work and holiday visa which allows an American to go there for 12 months went there for 12 months got a job and then applied for my permanent residency so four and a half years in I got my PR there uh, about three and a half years ago so I'm a, I'm a permanent resident now of Australia wow and you've been, so you've yeah. been there for seven years or Four and a half. Okay. So, yeah, well, September will be five years. Okay. That's yeah, a crazy... Yeah, 
No. No. We want to go, though. Uh, yeah, I've been to St. Paul. Man, I was in, when I was living in Long Beach, I was playing in a reggae band. And um, St. Paul had, a, I don't know if they still have this, but St. Paul had a music festival. I think it was the first year called the, the Rip, was it the River's View? Or it was right on the river. Okay. And it was like, it was like a three-day festival. Uh, Sublime was there. I went to see Sublime, a band called Brand New. Um, who else was there? It was like 40 different bands. It was dope. I I was really impressed with St. Paul. Mm-hmm. It's, it, that, they had a nice little artsy live music scene at the time. We stayed near that that restaurant that was in the Mighty Ducks that everybody talks about. Yep. That little neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it, it was cool. But yeah, that's how I got to Sydney, man. I've been here, like I said, going on five years. I like it. Right on. That is super cool. What would you say, like, I mean, it sounds like you've had some insane transitions in your life. What would, uh, I mean, we usually ask this at the end of our uh, podcast, but I mean, it kind of fits now. Like, what was the pivotal moment that, like, really sprung you to go from Pittsburgh to L.A. and then you go from L.A. to Las Vegas, Las Vegas to Sydney? Like, what were things, like, in that time that just made you, like, say, screw it, I'm going, I'm driving across the country? Yeah, the first, that's, so the first the big trip across the country was a girl. <laughs> so nothing, I wish it was a little bit more deeper. It was just a girl and she, you know, I, I met her when I was in South Carolina and she kind of helped me. She kind of put the thought in my head that you can move anywhere. You know, before I met her, my mindset was still a little small town, sort of, let me stay in the safe space. Even if it was Youngstown of Pittsburgh's only an hour and a half. South Carolina was about a 12 hour drive. But out west just seemed to me like, oh, that's not, I come from Youngstown, I can't go out there. I met her, I go out there, and then from there it was, man, chaos, chaos ensued. <laughs> and like, you, you, we talk about, I always ask these questions too, like these, you know, we're always searching for these aha moments or specific instances. Mine was an accumulation of self-destruction. Like, at the time it seemed fun. You know, I was always the guy, I was a group, I was a guy in a group of guys that, you know, could manipulate my buddies into doing fucking stupid things. Not with, not with the intent of wanting, you know, being a bad guy. You know, I loved all these guys like my brothers, but in my twenties, I always surrounded myself around dudes that want to hold me accountable. So like none of them would ever be like, Johnny, we, it's 7am. We don't, let's just go to bed. It would be like, no, let's, let's rock on. Let's rage on. So years of that in California and Vegas, uh, it was just kind of like, I got to a point in my life where dude, there's something that I could be doing in life that uh, I could help people rather than just because I bartended in nightclubs in Vegas and LA, and I was just it was just chaos. Didn't have any purpose or direction. So the aha moment to get to uh, LA was a girl, and then after that, what led me to Sydney was just an accumulation of mistakes. And then I just made a promise to myself, and I said, what, if I move to Australia, because I hadn't worked out either. I was living in Vegas. I hadn't trained in like five years, man. I was really unhealthy. And when I got to Sydney, everybody was in shape. Everybody was, like, walking around with surfboards. The fitness scene was crazy. And I just made a promise to myself. I said, if I go to Sydney, I'm never going to make a drink again for somebody. I'm going to work in a health club. And, you know, we're creatures of assimilation. And I knew that if I put myself in an environment where people are developing themselves, such as a health club, it would have a carryover effect on me, and it has. Right on. So you kind of saw um, Australia, Sydney, as kind of like a clean slate opportunity and then kind of kickstart your way in a different direction. Yeah, man, and, and even though when we look at, even though that that's true, it's all it's like a constant, a constant thing now because what once was like a step in the right direction. I think this is. I have a master's degree in personal development and leadership, and it, it relates to that because like we want to, if we want to better ourselves, you guys talked about your podcast, you 
you know, you've been doing it for a long time now. Now you're trying to make, you're making that transition of how far you want to take it. It's kind of like when you start tightening, tightening your game up. What once was, you know, acceptable or what, what once was a step in the right direction. When you look back, you'll be like, oh, we don't even do that anymore because that doesn't suit us anymore. So it's, it's kind of like this step-by-step accumulation process of just wanting to keep developing. And, and then that's, I'm, just, I'm, I'm in that momentum right now. And I think, yeah, I'm not going to stop, so I'm excited. And, and you just mentioned, I was going to ask this a little bit, but you just mentioned your leadership and personal development major. Um, yeah. Uh, and that's my major. <laughs> I'm graduating from oh, St. Thomas yeah, in man. leadership and management and then with a business communications background. Um, so awesome, I'm super stoked to start seeing like the results from it, but I would like to ask yeah. you, what, how, do, how were you able to uh, leverage this major and going into certain uh, directions that you took? Yeah, that's a great question, man. How old are you, bro? I'm 22. Oh, man. We're both, you, we're both 22. Oh, yeah. You guys are young, man. But how, how, old, how old are you? I, are you like... Tw- I, just turned 30, I just turned 36. Okay. Oh, 32. Nice. We're going to... We're going to... 36. No, no we'll, we'll bleep out the 36. We're, you're younger. You, you look You look a 32. I'll be honest. You look a 32. <laughs> Thanks, so 32, yeah, that's really cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's one of those things that, you know, because when I started working at this gym a buddy of mine he knew that i had a background in psychology too and he was like johnny everybody's doing fitness stuff you know we're talking about creating a brand he said why don't you use your psychology and i tell him i'm like it's not about how am i going to use my psychology like it's a degree but it's not like it's a tangible thing that i can hold so as i you, you asked the question about you know using the leadership and development in my career and then you as well when you graduate I think more it's more about the experience and the, the self-provoking insight that you've had with yourself. Like the path that you know that you've come on, how far you've grown, and it's really important to have a like specific outline kind of outcomes that you want to achieve. So, you know, I was talking to a guy named Demartini, this dude, they featured him on The Secret. He said something that really resonated with me that I kept, and he said that, when we're able to sit with ourselves and be real about what we're good at and then the outcomes that we choose are congruent with our skills, then you're able to streamline all like your body of work. So your education, man, you know, your, 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 your degree in leadership, I think it's when you start getting a little bit more clear on your outcome, like being like all in on what you want to do, what you want to achieve um, and how you want to do it for the rest of your life. Then you'll see those that education, that experience, start filtering into that path. So it's kind of like this, once again, accumulation aspect. And then the understanding that you have skills. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people, a lot of us hold ourselves back by this base level mindset that, you know, maybe it's a hive mentality. Maybe it's a city we come from. I don't know how St. Paul is, but Youngstown, and I love where I come from, man. I love, I love all the people there. My family's still there. But when you're, when you're around the town with a conditioned mindset of, our, you know, your, your minimum wage at the time was five fifteen an hour. The average household income was like under 25K a year. Less than 20% of the city has a college degree. When you're around that, your goals are going to be, it's going to be likened to just everybody else. So, yeah, it, it, I guess it's really important to just know that your body work has led you to where you want to go. You have the skills to do whatever you want and then be clear about the outcomes. And then that's where you'll see that background kind of kind of show its face yeah we see that a lot here too so like you mentioned st paul andrew and i've been here for the last four years but 
Um, what we didn't make known to you is I'm from Colorado, as you can see, you go Broncos, okay. and yeah. Andrew's from Chicago, Sub- suburbs of Chicago. Yeah, so we come from totally different backgrounds, and we, I mean, football and St. Thomas kind of brought us together here in St. Paul. But what's really interesting about St. Paul and Minnesota in general is like everyone loves to be from Minnesota and they all want to stay here. Whereas like when we're coming from out of state, like we come to a school where it's mainly Minnesotan people and we come here and we're like, you know, we have a totally different mindset. Maybe the goals don't necessarily um, differ as much because, you know, we're all going to college, get a degree, get a job. But again, like people are always trying to like cycle their career basically back to Minnesota where Andrew and I are like, look, if we end up in Australia, like that would be really cool. Like we don't, we're not focused on the end result. We're focused on this interview with you and listening to what you have to say. And then the next thing after that, you know, we're not, we're much more in the moment, I guess, as far as our career goes and not so stressed on uh, the Minnesota aspect or like, what will I be representing in, you know, X amount of years. Do you feel? Do you feel that you guys have, like, in, say you're at a party or you're a group of buddies, maybe you're on a team. Do you feel that because you know one of you guys are from Colorado, the other's from Chicago, that is it kind of pushed on you? Like when you talk about the same, the Minnesota, and like, is it like presented to you that you guys aren't from here, we're better than you, oh, no. stay here, sort of thing? No, it's, I don't know if it's better than you, but it is pushed on you. Like we're from Minnesota. And you're not. But, but yeah. I would say you're, like, welcome into it. Like, yeah. I mean, we're definitely a part of the Minnesota family. Like, I definitely understand why people stay here, have their kids, and then basically repeat this cycle over and over again. But, like, it's such a great market for Andrew and I to take advantage of because now we can tell people stories, have experiences that are from things outside of the state of Minnesota. Like, my girlfriend's been here her whole life. I go and take her skiing in Breckenridge, Colorado, and, like, you know, that's something that I've always done in my life, but, like, that's a whole other experience that she's never done. We take those kind of experiences and, you know, put that on the podcast. People love it because they're like, oh, my gosh, this is so different from what we're normally used to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, you guys are it's very different cities, man. I always tell Australians that's probably my favorite thing about America is that, you know, exclude, without getting too political, excluding the systems, but just the architecture and the... The, the individual cities, you don't, you won't find another country like that where like St. Paul is so different. The, the the food is different. The the buildings are different than Chicago is, and then you go to LA and that's different. Then Miami is different. I think that that sort of culture of America is probably one of my favorites. But yeah, Colorado. So are you from like like Boulder? Did you say? Um. So I. My buddies all go to CU Boulder, but I am from yeah. south, like south of the city of Denver, pretty much in like a suburb. Yeah, yeah, it's very different. Do you know uh, Chris McCaffrey? Oh, yeah, he was a, a so, receiver for the for the Broncos. Uh, not for the Broncos, for the oh Panthers. Chris McCaffrey or Ed McCaffrey was the was oh, yeah. the receiver oh, for the Broncos. His son. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, we're talking same McCaffrey family. Yep. I grew up I grew up in the same town as McCaffrey, and his okay. dad or his uh, son is my age. He like almost okay. won the Heisman and everything. I always just use that as a reference, but yeah, he, he kind of kicked my ass. Like, I'll, I in every sport I played against him, he pretty much yeah. like I'm in his highlight film. If you want to look up that, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, every that's kind of my like claim to fame when I tell people where I'm from. Yeah, cool man. Right on. Um, so getting more into kind of like how you created the business for yourself, we love talking about entrepreneurship because we're going through it right now. Um, can you walk us through the er- your early stages and what kind of helped you along the way as an entrepreneur? Yeah, so for that that word, right, entrepreneur, 
lately in the last, we'll say, five years has just come out of nowhere. I think with uh, the advent of social media, guys like Gary Vee, it's kind of become sexy to become an entrepreneur. And it's, as you guys know, man, it's, it's, it's what is being an entrepreneur? I asked that to some of my guests, you know, who, who have that title in their, like, Instagram bio. And a lot of, you ask 10 people, they'll get, you'll get 10 different answers. But for me, once again, it goes back to, I wouldn't, like, I do one-on-one coaching, I do online coaching, I write, I speak, um, I get asked to do, like, around Sydney to speak at health clubs in front of people, I host the show, and if everything that I do, though, I, I look at it as all the same. So, once I was able to do that, just streamline everything that I love to do, my passions, I, it, it, without like attaching a number or equating value to it and such as like, oh, I want this because I want to be wealthy or I want to do this because I want I, I want that a nice car, a nice house. I think you run into trouble if you if you start thinking like that because you equate your passions to the object. Somebody's always going to have more. And you're not thinking right now in life is to just wake up and love what I do. And that's why when you... He called me. I was already up, man. I know this. It's six twenty-six a.m. here, but I've been up since about four fifty, and it's Saturday morning. And my old manifest would have, man, it wasn't too long ago where at this time I would have been looking for. <laughs> we would have. I would have been up still from the night before, looking to still get crazy. So, so like being a, the entrepreneur, like, are you looking for like applicable advice? Are you guys talking collectively together, or both of you trying to? Um, you know, leverage off of your following in the show into like other products of the back pocket podcast, or is this something individually you guys are going to like branch out? Have you had that conversation as well? Because that's an important conversation too. Um, you know, the advice to that, like my my old business partner, we never had that chat. And looking back, you know, we don't work together anymore. And it's like there needs to be boundaries. There needs to be conversations about our like clear actions on specific roles of like all right you're gonna do like what if Declan gets asked to do a podcast or what if I ask hypothetically ask Declan to come on my show and don't ask you to come on yours and then I promote him and he wants to put that content on the back pocket podcast like if you when those scenarios arise these are good conversations you guys should talk about because so you won't be kind of like ambushed by certain scenarios that that just affect our ego that most necessarily might not affect you guys but deep down, we're all kind of, you know, our egos always play a big role. Sure. That's fair. And yeah. no, we have not had that conversation. Yeah. We, we uh, it, it's hard <laughs> enough for me to, it's hard enough for me to wake up in the morning sometimes, but uh, not, not as far as like, I mean, we, we just have a fun time. We're motivated about the podcast. That has nothing to do with waking yeah. up. I'm just saying it's yeah. just like, the struggle of day to day life is already enough for us. Sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it, man. Gary V, do you guys do you guys follow Vaynerchuk? We have never had a podcast where someone doesn't bring up Gary V. So yeah, okay. we we love yeah, him. We love Gary V. Yeah, dude, that guy is a crazy dude. I think timing is a big thing, man. There's so many things though that like when when I get asked questions or ask people questions, that I'm starting to create a mental checklist of the most often like exuded answers I get, and I'm putting those into a bank of like cliches now. And one of them is like people were falling in love with like saying how, how important timing is or how important your network is or how important grinding is. I think, which are all the, those are true. I think more than anything in relation to Gary and what we're doing, what you're doing on the show is that unwillingness to really not give a fuck about 
the failing aspect and what the people in your circle of influence care, like think about your hustle or your effort. Like you can't compare that to other people and nobody knows how you feel about the back pocket show podcast. Nobody, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, like, like when I talk to people, it's like, the, the, I'm crazy, man. Like I'm, I love waking up early. I love like, yes, I did like, I did five sessions from 5 a.m. 5.38. Now when I say sessions, strength sessions, people pay me for a service in the middle of the Sydney CBD. So in-person strength coaching. And then a podcast at 10 a.m. Interviewed a researcher at 11 a.m. I wrote from the... It's that persistence to overcome when people are looking at you kind of like, this dude's weird. Or why are you trying Why are you trying to be different? It's like, I think those are the... You know, because I sat down with Gary for about 45 minutes a couple different times. And I think being confident in your approach... He's in, he's in his 40s now. He's been at the game. You guys ever watch his old Wine Library YouTube videos with him in it? No, I haven't. No, I've heard about him, though. Uh, and like, uh, Dude, dude, you want to get inspired, not inspired in like a Les Brown, Tony Robbins way, but you want to get inspired with looking at this, how he started, how shitty they were. Watch these videos. I'm talking, they were awful. And he'll tell you that. Like, he's he caught YouTube right on the cusp when it was blowing up. And all, he was just working in a corner store. I'm sure you know his spiel. But the videos itself, and I'll, uh, and, I'll, uh, and I'll come back to the point, is that they were terrible. If, if, he, listened to, if he listened to himself or his brother say, hey, Gary, uh, no one's watching. You've been doing these for three years and 50 people are viewing these. If he would have stopped there, we wouldn't even know what Crush It is. We wouldn't know what VaynerMedia is. We wouldn't be talking about him. So it's like think about all of the confidence that he has built over time when he reflects and looks back at those shitty videos. That's that perseverance aspect. That's where, like, I feel is, you know, we're not going to, we're not born confident. It's not a natural human instinct to be now. Some people are arrogant and delusional, but confidence is a different animal. Confidence is a self-belief that my body of work has led me to this moment, whatever that moment is, speaking on stage, performing, whatever, has led me to this moment to succeed because my body of work, I've prepped for it. So... He has that, and a lot of guys, and a lot of the guys that you read, listen to, myself included, that I read and listen to, they have that. You, you know, we see people's product and we see their body of work when, whenever you know we first hear of somebody, and we think that they're born that way, or maybe they got lucky, or somebody gave them that that nice brand or house. It's like no, we don't see all that effort and perseverance when they wanted to quit. That's the secret, I'm pretty sure. That's spot on. And I I think what we try to take away from that and what we've been doing in the beginning of our podcast, almost every single one, is we start with an average quality. And really what it is is us recognizing how we failed in this past week. And we we just love telling our marketing interns, hey, we just absolutely – messed up on this and we cannot wait to get better at it and tell you guys how we're going to get better at it and that's like how we embody being average dudes because we just love telling uh, we love recognizing where we are at fault yeah and it's kind of like a weekly reflection too now that you mention it like we're literally trying to pick things out that we did wrong that week or that we like and it kind of turns into a comedy type of funny thing because of like the things that you do wrong from week to week basis end up being kind of funny um, but yeah. you know, kind of like sure. going back to like what you, you I know you mentioned Gary V and uh, Tony Robbins and all these different kind of influencers that we're so lucky to have in this world. But like, who do you enjoy learning from the most? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, this is crazy too because one of my favorite quotes. Do you know who Terrence McKenna was? Terrence McKenna. It sounds familiar. 
Terrence McKenna was a philosopher, professor, self-proclaimed psycho not. So he was really into plant-based psychedelics. He was like the godfather of psychedelics. He was Joe Rogan talks early. about him a lot, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rogan brought him up, but but McKenna has a book called Food of the Gods, and in that book, now the book he equates why how our brains doubled in such a small amount of time, and all of a sudden we came out of the caves to create art and cities, and he equates that to the Cubensis mushroom, and then he brings in anyway. Long story short, his quote in that book is, "Our duty as humans is to create culture, not consume culture." So and I, I keep that one with me as well. So in terms of like, who do I? I really don't consume many things online. Like if I'm on, I'm online, I'm posting something, I'm getting the hell out of there. So I'm not like clicking on profiles. I'm not, you know, but, but I find inspiration in like, I'm a big fan of art, like artists such as like, you know, I like stories. I like people who have an, an amazing outcome and the story's crazy. Like Salvador Dali, for instance, who was one of the only artists ever to be famous while he was alive. And people call him a fraud because he was so good that he was able to teach his students. He, he created surrealism because he was hot. Do you know the story? Do you know how he created this? Please okay. tell it. So, do you know any of his artworks? Do you know like the, the persistence of time or the rose or any of these things? Let me look it up. I think... Uh... Right. It's all, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. I'll be quick. You can put it in your notes. So if you look at Dolly's artwork, he's the dude that paints like clocks melting off the Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. This guy created so the way he was able to achieve his his style, which became a genre of surrealism, is he would do. Um, a, I think it was LSD. He and this is another example of using altered states of consciousness to create innovation. And he would fill two buckets up of water. He'd stand tall. He'd stand up. When one of the buckets would drop out of his hand, he would paint what he saw. And and that to me, like stories such as that, it, like um, I'm very inspired by because not what he did or the outcome or how he did it, but he didn't go just the ABC route. He, he had like the, the moxie to kind of like experiment. And I think that's when like innovation occurs by breaking rules. You know, nobody innovated or created anything by going, you know, the route that they were told to go. So like in any instance, um, that's what I'm inspired by. That's like, I was the kid in second grade. They're teaching us simple maths and I'm, instantly thinking of all right they're telling us to do this get this answer in four steps how can i get it in three or they're telling us to get it in five how can i get it in two then when i raise my hand to tell them i get yelled at by the teacher and then so that's sort of like a microcosm of how i'm wired and that's those are the people that i like learning from so long-winded answer oh right on and i noticed on your website too with the quotes that you have on i mean several of them are dictated towards the aspect of learning um and you kind of just equate learning to like the essence of success is just going through that process of trying to learn something new or continue to learn what you've been doing um and i'm kind of curious if you have any like unique processes you go about to just learning on a day-to-day basis do you sit down and individually do you do groups like collectivism collectivism type things or is there something that or maybe it's just kind of comes to you yeah you know what man it's it's one of it's something like we're doing right now i'm learning from you guys right now like the whole thing about um you know as soon as you ask me that first question about average quality my mind my my imagine i wrote in i have notes right here because now i mean i'm not going to use that question but you gave me an idea to think differently. So I think being inquisitive, for a long time in my life, I was really closed off. I had a huge chip on my shoulder, a huge ego, but it was manifesting like I was a strong dude, but it was actually because I was insecure, I had an inferiority complex because I wasn't happy with where my life was, and I didn't really talk to people. I, 
man, we had a saying in my group of friends that if we don't know you, we don't like you. And that is a dark, dark way to live. So no I'm opposite of that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like learning from people. I like being inquisitive. And I think just asking questions, just sitting in the space of people giving you that energy, I think that that's inspiring. I think a lot of pe- people undervalue that, man. I mean, think, think about how much stuff you guys have learned through your process so far with your show. And then if you're able to, I mean, here's some awesome advice, man. There's this guy, right? He was from San Diego. He's an American. He's in his late 40s. He was a, a stocks trader. So out of college, he moves to New York City. He was all right, I made it. I'm on Wall Street. I'm, I'm in a place of stocks, Wolf of Wall Street sort of thing. And then he was all right, what's the next step? Let me move to London. He gets to London. He's in his late 30s now. And he just wasn't fulfilled. He had the car. He had the girl. He had the house. He had the bank account. He just wasn't fulfilled. And I knew about his story. And I, I messaged him for like a year and a half to try to talk to him. He hosts the UK's number one podcast called The London Real. Have you heard of it? Uh, yes. It's on. Yeah, we've seen it on top charts. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of one. And he's an American named Brian Rose. And his story is fascinating. And what he's doing is really impressive. But in terms of being creative and inspired... Like when I have conversations, I'm always writing things down. And he told me something. He said, he said, Johnny, when I realize that the people in my life who know me, who care about me the most, when the people who listen to my show who know me, who care about me the most, when I realize that they want more from me, not just the podcast, they want me to do more. That's when he was like, so he's like created courses. He's created classes. He's created networking groups, masterminds. So that like that sort of advice I'm always looking for. And I kept that one with me. So if guys, like, think about your buddies who don't have a podcast. And at one time when you started the podcast, there were probably a couple of your friends that, like, looked up to there. Like, Dude, that's awesome. You guys have a podcast. You're the two with the podcast, right? Yep. Now you've done it. Now you've done it for X amount of time. And it's just normal to you two now. So I, what else? Now what? You know what I'm saying? Like, in leadership and development, the one question you would ask is, what else? So it would be, like, you know, an ebook, a morning, you know, start with, like, you know, a rich, something along the lines, and that works for me. So back to your original question, that works for me to be creative. When I challenge myself to create something, even like I did a sensory deprivation ebook, and it, I've been floating, getting in the float tank for like five, four, four years now, four and a half years, probably been in a couple hundred times. Holy so I, I just did an easy to do. People who want to know what sensory deprivation is, the history, John C. Lilly, why he invented it, what it does, what your body does where you can benefit from it. And then I did that ebook and it mean as I did that ebook, that then had me thinking, all right, let me do a podcast on it. Then that had me thinking, all right, let me interview a, an owner and talk about it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you, you, you kind of have to create all that stuff for yourself. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the, you know what I mean? Like I think a lot of us, we expect or wait for people to, to give us things, whether it's inspiration or creativity or the answer or the secret but like I said, I'm, we already have it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Already, you already know it. Yeah. So it's just a lot of people have to listen. We bring this up all the time. And we, like we had a sweet podcast last, uh, what was it? Podcast 48, I think it was was what it was. We just like had this first, like the first seven minutes, we didn't even get into our average quality. Like we were just reflecting on the past like year because we just hit top 50 and we were super stoked about it and everything. And uh, it was just really cool to see like, how we were passionate about, you know, just, or we were just passionate about finding our passion, right? We had no idea what our podcast was really about a whole year ago. Now we kind of have, now we have a purpose though. And that, but that purpose was never going to, 
be found unless we were just passionate about showing up every day and accomplishing what it was needed to create the podcast for that week. And when we started finding all these new people to interview, that's just kind of what kept the ball rolling is like, we've interviewed everyone from like our professor and now we're interviewing Johnny Stofko in Australia. Who's just given us like the greatest golden nuggets ever for like the time being. And it, like, it's not like these things and it's all, it's not even timing. Cause it's just, we were genuinely reaching out to these people because we wanted to do that. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, this happened for a reason or like, you know, this is in your life now. It's like, no, this is, this is because we're, uh, this is that's just because who we are. We've worked to this point to get to to get these kind of opportunities, and now they're just kind of presenting themselves, you know. And you you have to take that opportunity. You have to take that advantage. Take advantage of that. For, for sure, man. People always say how how how, and it's like, oh, I just asked. So many people are blown away with like, are you or another one? Or how much? This is the one that you probably. How much do you get paid for the podcast? I'm like, dude, that you instantly know how somebody is wired when they ask that question. It's ridiculous so how many times you get asked it too. It's like, who cares? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then you get, you get to see their average mindset. You guys are average guys like you talk about, but the mindset of, that you both collectively have isn't average. It's far from it. But I think people get blown away by just the simplicity and the honesty of just asking to, to for help from people or like, you know, like I, for instance, who who would you guys like? Who's on? Somebody asked me last night who I would like the top three people I would really want to speak to, and you know I, I gave them my answer. Some like who's on your top your your list of like podcasting? Do you make lists? Yeah, yeah we like, have reach got reach guests. We have, yeah, my we number have. one is Joe Rogan. I yeah, <laughs> I've been listening to him for like two two years, and he's just the king of podcasts. And I mean, yeah. he just opened my eyes to just being more aware to everything that's out there. He knows so much. He knows enough about so many things that he can hold a conversation with anyone. And that's what yeah. I find most interesting about him. Yeah. I we have he doesn't he doesn't do podcasts, but you could work you could work yourself and your individual brand though into getting to a level that he'd bring you on. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's exactly that. Yep. That's a good point. Uh, we actually have a guest right here or a guest list right here, but like uh <laughs> I want to get Les Miles on because I just wanna you know who Les Miles is? Les, Les, the fitness guy? Les Miles is uh, the old LSU football coach. Oh, yeah. I just want to know what goes through that man's Matt mind. Hatter. Huh? Mad Hatter, yeah, the Mad Hatter. Yeah. Exactly exactly yeah. why I want to get the Mad Hatter on my podcast, cause, or our podcast, sorry. Of just yeah. like I just want to know what's in that guy's brain, right? Like I just want to figure out and just tap into it and get his story. Same thing with like, uh, pardon my take, you know, like Bar- Barstool Big Cat and PFT Commenter. Like those are the two most average dudes in sports. But they produce, like, the best content, and, like, that's kind of how we drew our inspiration of, like, the format of our podcast is from that kind of format that part of my take does. But, like, just getting their story, because they tweet so much about sports. They talk all kinds about sports. They have all these inside jokes. They run a podcast for two years. But, like, what's their story? Like, I know they're, like, they just have a really interesting story that I feel like no one's really ever asked. Yeah, the way, so when I, the advice I would take with each one of those guests that you want to talk to is, create kind of like a um a spider list so how can how to get to them you know you, all right so for instance what you know it's all about the pitch too the pitch is super important like coming from australia sydney australia is such a sexy sell to an american i always tell people that about how do you get this guest did you pay for, like evander holyfield no i didn't pay for that guy he had, i asked evander to be on my show the first time he sent me a message and said it'll cost ten thousand dollars 
So I screenshot that his response and put it on my social media. And I was like, look at this idiot. Like, he hasn't been relevant in like 20 years. He wants me to pay him 10 grand. And then I forgot about it. And then nine months later, he, he messaged me back to come on. But it was it was because I had, you know, had like George, George Foreman, Larry Holmes, um, that sort of thing. So you just got to kind of connect the dots to get to a person. That's a good but way to put it. On, yeah, it's, it's all about how, how, how bad you want to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to touch on a little bit. We have a couple things here left in the, in the, uh, in the interview, but I want to really touch on what you're doing right now with your fitness and um, exactly like could, if you want to promote something that you're doing right now um, because I'm just really – we just played football for 13 years or how long did you play? Since third grade, yeah, so, I don't know, a lot of years. We just finished up playing football here in December, and now we are transitioning to trying to maintain our like physical form that we yeah. just was dedicated for so long and trying to keep it going. So I was just kind of curious of what you're doing right now, just in the fitness world. Yeah, with the training, yeah, I played football too from the time I was seven until I was eighteen. And um, from the what position did you guys play? I was uh, outside linebacker, and I was a safety. Attaboy. You're bringing up, laying the pain. Oh, yeah. We're stopping that, filling the gap. Laying the wood. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer, you know, my the guys I listen to in terms of strength training and programming are guys like Joe DeFranco, Jason DeFerugia, uh, Dr. John Russin. These guys are like PhDs in programming, human movement. So I'm a big, firm believer, man. You give me a barbell, you give me a, a squat rack, um, and limited space in a bench, maybe a bar to hang from. I'm doing about 90% power lift, so deadlift, power lift, deadlift squat variations with about 10% body weight, so dip, pull up, uh, plank variations. And then I'm boxing, I'm hitting the heavy bag like three or four times a week. I always put that up on my Instagram. So I do about 10 rounds on the heavy bag, 10, you know, two to three minute rounds, and I'll spar two or three times a week as well. So adding the cardio aspect to, to my training has been huge, man. When I was younger, I was like, man, I'm not doing cardio. But you, you, you start learning about the ener- the body's energy systems. You know, there's three of them. And then you start learning about heart health. I use, I've been using that hashtag quite often. Heart health is really important. And, and then figure out a blend of, like, a nice blend for yourself. Because everybody's bodies are different. Your body's going to react um, differently to different modalities of training. If you guys have trained your whole life and played football, I mean, you probably don't have to do too much to maintain it just comes from, you know, it's just pretty much you got to ask the question, do you know what your goal is with your body? Do you want to gain weight? Do you want to gain strength and understand the different training principles to do to do whichever one that is? Because I see it time and time again. Guys will be in the gym five times a week, been seeing them for three years. Their bodies never change because they've been doing hypertrophy, high frequency training, which is suitable to somebody who's trying to bodybuild, somebody who's supplementing a lot, wanting to get on stage. But this guy works in a bank. And his body's not changing because he's doing no triphasic lifts. He's not squatting. He's not deadlifting. So when you get the body moving more efficiently, when you get the body moving on three different levels, then you really start, you know, it's a calorie you know, burning. The, the simple equation is like, you know, energy in, energy out sort of thing. So I'm a big believer of some sort of triphasic movement every day, either a squat or a deadlift. Really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, damn. Uh, <laughs> I like, after... <laughs> I'll be honest, Johnny. After we uh, like retired from football, essentially, we uh, I, squat and deadlift were at the like the very bottom of the things I wanted to do. Yeah. So, how do I gain motivation, or what should I do to uh, maybe you know, bring that back, or what? Like, what do you what do you think nah, is a good alternative? Maybe I don't know. One of my favorite quotes is from Mike Tyson. Man, he said that uh, 
when he was getting trained by Customato, he was a younger dude. Cus said that if you can learn to love everything you hate about training, you'll become a world champion. So, mm. no, I don't think anybody. <laughs> I love squatting now, man. And there's a hashtag that I follow called Squat Every Day. And at the time when I first heard it, I was like, this is what people squat every day? And then it sounded crazy to me. But now I love it. Like, And I'm not talking going heavy. I'm, you know, you get your heart rate going. Um, it, you get more bang for your buck. It's, it's functional. Those lifts were created because people were injuring themselves at home. People were injuring themselves, getting out of bed, getting off the toilet, reaching for things, getting out of cars, bending down, picking things up. And that's why you have the deadlift and the squat broken down into different variations. So you got to look at it as how do I feel now at 22, 23, and how am I going to move at 70? And I think that once you start – uh, looking at it like that, you'll find it easier to do those things that you dislike in the gym. Yeah, and I think another thing too is I, speaking to goals. I guess Andrew could probably say this as well. We you know pride ourselves on like oh we just got to maintain. You know we don't have to get bigger, we don't have to get faster, we don't have to get stronger, but we need to like maintain. And, and you bring up a great point as like what I want to be at seventy. It's like I want to be able to like move and have just like a super healthy body, and I just want to be able to like take care of myself so that I can have that you know extended life. You know. So I guess like what are like, I mean, I, uh, when I listen to David Goggins on, uh, Joe Rogan, like that oh, opened yeah. my mind to like, oh my God, it was crazy. Just like the yoga, like I'm su- I want to start doing yoga once I get a paycheck at some point. And I definitely want to like, uh, always be careful with stretching and like taking care of my body in that regard. So like, do you value those kind of things like yoga and stretching a lot more now. I mean, cause you've see, kind of seen that transition from like the big heavy lifts and like getting yoked to like, Hey, you should probably stretch now. For sure. Um, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. I played uh, high level sports and at 36, I'm in better shape than I was at 26, but you guys should check out Dr. Stu McGill. He is a, prof- he is a PhD in biospinal mechanics. He literally wrote the book on spinal, spinal mechanics. And what he just did was his latest research and the effects of hanging, just body weight hanging, correlating to our posture, correlating to life expectancy. So there's a direct relation to posture and life expectancy because of blood flow, because of oxygen to the brain, because of how our spinal our spinal column sits. And so just hanging, hanging 30 to 60 seconds three times a day, I put it in my training, and I do it as active recovery. So I'll, I either start my workout just hanging. What it's doing is decompressing the spine. You're also strengthening um, different stabilizer muscles and the tendons around your joints. So I, I don't necessarily attend yoga classes, but I'm constantly hanging. I do planks, which are, you'll find planks in all yoga and Pilates classes. Mm-hmm. Joseph Pilates was a great man. And yeah, so I'm a big, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big firm believer of incorporating me- many different methodologies into going into how to optimize my body. All right. Well, I think let's transition to our favorite part of this interview. And this is going to be Directly related to what you just talked about is our game. Game. Game alert. So this is going to catch you off a little bit. Yeah, it's going to catch you off guard a little bit. But we're going to give you a situation, maybe a, a, a character, a person, female, uh, male. And uh, you're going to have to come up with a uh, workout plan that could help them out. All right, cool. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, <laughs> All right let's do it. Um, first one, you're dealing with someone from Silicon Valley, a coder, kind of nerdy. And they've never touched a weight in their life. And they just realized that they want, you know, they want to get the woman of their dreams. And they, they realize they need to get into the weight room. What kind of plan are you going to give them? I'm going to take him to the first, bring him to the weight room, do a squat assessment, do a, 
a gait assessment, watch their movement, watch their footwork. I'm going to look at their joints, how their hip flexion is, see how tight their hip flexors are, see the full depth of the squat. Then I'll put probably, depending on that, we'll say that their heels are flat during that squat, so we'll move on and just do an assessment based on the progression of their biomechanics uh, of how they move in that one squat analysis. Then we'll create maybe like a three-day split built all around the barbell, starting off with body weight variations of the squat, increasing with dumbbells, and then um, finishing at the barbell, and then add some single leg movements, and then obviously incorporate some presses to work on that chest. But posterior chain first, and then the accessories, mix in some side raises, just, you know, aesthetically second. Okay, mm, I like that. Good good stuff. Um, here's another one. A dad, a dad who recently had his wife tell him that he needs to lose some weight, uh, but now he's like uh, he's super inspired and he wants to just get absolutely jacked to surprise her, catch her off guard. All right, first off, I'll have him sit, every time he sits down to eat a meal, have him screenshot it to me, send it to my messenger so I can look at his food, look at his calories going in and out. Then I'll start educating him on the different macronutrients, fats, carbs, proteins. Then I'll start telling him to eat this at that specific time. We'll get we'll get rid of all the foods that have labels, all the bullshit, all the processed shit. Put out the alcohol aside, stop drinking, drink more water, and then focus on his rest and recovery. But, you know, abs are made in the kitchen, so a lot of us fail by the food going in. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely fail. This one might transition kind of similarly, but I'm curious because this is this is right directly related to our listeners. Spring break's coming up. You haven't been in the weight room in a month, and you're trying to look the best on the beach come spring break. What, what, what plan are you giving them? Yeah, like two weeks. Yeah. You got two weeks, and you're doing it naturally. You're not hanging around with any of the Mexican supplements, shit. So doing it naturally, uh, which I promote. That's the only way we should do it. But you got to go fast. I have to say it's too late to add muscle, man. You got to go fast. So just fasting. Oh. <laughs> not starving yourself. Not starving yourself, but fasting. So you would check out, like, intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And then definitely avoid, you know, with two weeks, man, you, if you are going to you know, eat fats early for cognitive, so avocados, nuts, raw fishes early, early in the morning, and then maybe some, like, decent carbs late at night for recovery mixed in with some cardio. But, yeah, two weeks is a pretty tough uh, task at hand to get ready for spring break. Uh, mm-hmm. It's pretty much every college kid, so it's tough news for them <laughs> to hear. <laughs> yeah. um, here's another one. Uh, ooh, I wrote this down. I don't know why I wrote it down. Um, your girlfriend, what do you say? What do I say? Yeah, yeah, so, uh, this is this is what I was the perspective of. Uh, do you have a girlfriend right now, or are you married? I do. I do have a girlfriend. And she's awesome. She's amazing. Uh, does she work out? She does work out. Okay, <laughs> say she didn't work out, and uh-huh. you're gonna, and she wants to work out. You're the guy she's coming to. What plan are you gonna give them? Her squats, her. squats, and well, yeah, squats. Her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a him. No, but it's, it's a her. 2018. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what kind of alternative lifestyle you guys are. <laughs> But yeah, definitely squats, squats and planks. Right on, I like it. Yeah, just because because once again you're moving the body three different angles: posterior chain, core, glutes. So yeah. Well, okay. So like going off that, what is the? Thanks for playing the game, by the way. You you crushed it. All good, man. Um, <laughs> going off that, how do you? Uh, what's been like the most like uh, surprising thing about yeah about the people you work with and like their training and like what's kind of a failure or a hard thing to deal with? Great question. The dogmatic belief systems of people being so closed off on learning new things because in my industry, not the fitness industry is probably similar to a lot of other industries, you have this closed off mindset of people who are learning one way of doing something because they were told to do this do it this way. Even if that way is wrong, even if that way doesn't suit other people such as the gen pop commercial clients and 
just this closed off mindset of wanting to learn from other people. I was actually that's that's something that's kind of running rampant, and just I think because it's a carryover effect of just the guru. You have people like standing in the forefront of, we'll say, like hypertrophy training or uh, powerlifting or even Olympic lifting or CrossFit. Crossfitters only do CrossFit sort of things. You know, yogis will only do yoga sort of thing. So just the close off mindedness of people not wanting to incorporate or even learn other methodologies that they're not used to. It's like you, you brought up Goggins. You know, he wants to be uncommon around uncommon people. He wants to be uncomfortable. People don't like fucking being uncomfortable. It's tough to learn things. It's not sexy to personal develop. Like if I, I can put pictures up on my Instagram with my shirt up all day long and get likes and falls and that that sort of thing. But I'd much rather put things on psychology and mindset and personal development. That's not sexy to somebody who's not developing themselves. And, you know, unfortunately enough, there's not a lot of people who are into that. So in my industry, it's very aesthetic-based, so the closed-off approach of learning. That's fantastic. That um, I'm going to, I'm going to close off this interview with two final questions. These are our favorite questions to ask during the interview. Um, the first one being is a bar story and I'm going to set the scene for you to kind of give you the way to take it. Um, you're ending uh, the work on Friday. You're going to the local bar, local pub, and a stranger sits down right next to you and you want to tell them a story. You want to, you want to learn who they are, but, but before you do that, you got to tell them who you are. So you're going to tell them a story that's going to entertain them or just kind of keep their uh, interest peaked that majority of the time. What would that story be? Okay, 4th of July. I was 26 years old, living in Long Beach, California. It's 1 a.m. I'm at my buddy Mike and Felice's house. They're married. I'm with a girl I was seeing at the time. And a car drives past. They're in a second-level apartment. So it's one of those things that you climb up like 15, 15 stairs and you're at their place. And a car drives past the neighborhood in a really nice neighborhood, and they fire gunshots. So all you hear is pop, pop, pop. Now, my friends have two young kids, but the two young kids were staying at their parents at the time. Now, everybody's drunk in the house. Felisa, who lives there, comes out and starts screaming, like, my babies live here. Who's shooting in my neighborhood? That sort of thing. So the neighbors call the cops, and all the cops here, and this is Southern California, the place of, like, you know, it's, the, the cops are all like six foot five Heisman Trophy winners, and they get <laughs> they get a phone call of a woman screaming and gunshots. So, by the she, we get her back in the house within like three minutes. You start seeing this parade of cop cars with lights going directionally, strategically placed this corner, this corner, this corner. There's like nine of them, and then as they come in nine, all of the cops are sprawling out of the vehicles, going into specific sections. So this is like SWAT team. One guy comes out of the car. He has a, a bullhorn. And I'm looking at my buddy, Mike. We shut all the lights off. We're on the kitchen floor. I'm like, Mike, you got to go outside. And he's like, no way, man. Now, he's born and raised in Southern California. He's, he was older than me, and he's used to the police brutality. He was just kind of in shock. And me being raised in Northeast Ohio, I was you know, in my mid-20s at the time. I'm like, we didn't do anything wrong. We're not doing anything wrong. I'm a good dude. Let me just open this door up and talk to the cops. I open the door up. <laughs> I'll never forget this. I walk out of the, the apartment. I'm on that second story. There's 15 splice, and I have nine dots on me, red lasers. And the dude with the bullhorn goes, get the fuck on the ground. And I go, officer. I go, sir, this, shut the fuck up. And I'm like, at that moment, I was the most lost. I, I started to pray, but then, you know, I'm not religious. And then I told him I don't have anybody to pray to. It was the most lost, scared feeling I've ever had in my life. I had to climb down these fucking steps, 15 of them, on my hands and knees. They bum-rushed me. They handcuffed. This is the only time and first time I've ever been handcuffed. 
And long story short, they get permission to search the house. They realize we didn't do anything wrong. I had to sign a waiver of saying that I wasn't going to press charges for police brutality. And as they left, I actually thanked them because I said that if I actually needed you guys, you were here in like three minutes. But yeah, I would tell that guy in the bar that story. Holy smokes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a hell of a story. That is so sick. Mm. So did they end up figure out who, who the shooter was? Man, it's Long Beach, California, dude. There's a saying when you live there, never get caught in your flip-flops because you never know when you're out the run or get into a fight or something. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> you just, you just kind of get used to it. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so they just never figured it out. They thought it was Johnny Staff. <laughs> yeah right they, they thought the young stop boy was up there shooting guns yeah. oh man <laughs> says in your backyard Johnny <laughs> yeah, yeah I wasn't even living there mm. yeah that's so nuts well that was a great story good work on that final question for you Johnny uh, from the time you woke up till the time we're interviewing now I guess in your case you've only been awake for like a couple hours but in the in that time frame or maybe we'll drag it back to the day before we'll give you some pass we'll give you a pass on that but in that time frame what did you learn I learned that the Australian government and big pharmaceutical companies do not want stem cell research to be on the forefront because if you could go into a walk-in stem cell clinic such as MSK in North Sydney and get your osteoarthritis treated by your own stem cells that you've had an outpatient surgery for that they could keep after they – so they inject into your knee. It heals the knee. They keep these harvested stem cells that are from your own adipose tissue. The Australian government is trying to make that a Schedule One drug in the same category as crystal meth and heroin because they don't want surgeons to go out of business. They don't want the hospitals to not get paid. They don't want the big pharmaceutical companies that would prescribe you the drugs after your surgery to fix the knee to get paid. So I learned that yesterday through interviewing a um, uh, front-of-the-line researcher named Dean um, and it, it stuck with me even today when I woke up. It kind of fires me up a bit. So that was that's wow, that's crazy. Do you know where the United States is with that? Is that something that they? Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Even in the U.S., man. I know you know guys like your boy Rogan and, and fighters such as Stipe in D.C. They got to go to like I know there's a doctor in Panama that is doing the procedures, but it's the same sort of thing. It's like they don't want. Because of the, you know, I don't want to speak out of pocket. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a researcher, but I'm inquisitive and I read a lot. But it's the same sort of scenario. They don't want the FDA in America. They don't want this thing to be passed, and they don't want stem cells to be at the fingertips of the average person because there's so much, there's so many people with deep pockets that aren't going to get paid, and that's the gist of it. And it's it's profound and it's grotesque because we've we've gone so far away from people wanting to feel better and having the best interests at heart to just whatever man and even the system of the the research i was talking to was dean dean kilby and he was explaining to me that even when new pharmaceutical drugs because he's not against pharmaceutical companies but even when new scientists and researchers develop a patent for a new drug if the drug there's this other board of committee that will look at the drug and then they'll say all right they need to make a hundred million dollars off of the drug within the first month or it's a fail so that money goes to all these other people with their hands in, in that pocket. So they're only looking for quote-unquote magical or miracle drugs, even if the drug can help people. So it, it, it's just this, this system that is just kind of so intertwined with corruption. It kind of makes, yeah, makes you know, people like myself and some researchers like Dean a little bit kind of uh, disheartened because we've, got, we, we've lost, we've lost the, the touch with wanting people to feel good rather than 
people getting paid. So it's kind of it's kind of frustrating. That's crazy. What's the yeah. if you don't mind me asking, what's the what's the next step with this big news or finding yeah, all this out? Yeah, do some research. It's just about you know it's been on the in the news for I think a decade now. <laughs> but a good buddy of mine is paralyzed from uh oh. from like the nipples down. He got hit by a bus on his motorcycle, oh. and so spinal cord spinal cord uh, regeneration is one of those things. And there's just, you know, certain groups that hear stem cells, there's such a, a stigma attached to stem cells for some reason, because at one time it was the um, embryonic cells from, I think, in either a newborn or unborn. Now the technology has evolved to where they're taking the stem cells from the person themselves. And, I, you know, from that, I'm not, I'm not, you know, well-versed mm-hmm. to speak on that. I'm just, I just like highlighting points and trying to have people think differently. And then from there, I always tell my clients and friends, do some research yourself and then kind of formulate your own opinions. And then, you know, there, there's a rabbit hole there, but I think it's an important one that uh, I think in the future is going to be a hotbed topic. Wow. That's a, so you're pretty much what you're saying is it's translated from something that was kind of discussed as inhumane because you're taking it from newborns, but now it's more on a personal level. So it's a little more, more scalable, a little more understandable. That's right. Okay. Wow. I'm definitely going to research that. Yeah. I mean, insane. you helped us learn big time there. That's something that, I mean, we should have probably known prior, but now that we do, <laughs> I mean, thank you. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's all good, man. No, that's all good. All right. Well, thank you, Johnny. We had a blast today. This was just a phenomenal interview. Great talking to you. I'm sure our marketing interns will absolutely love it. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for reaching out to me. And uh, yeah, let me know when you guys get air. I'll put it up on my socials. And that was our interview with Johnny Stofko. Hell of a man. Great personality. I mean, all around, that was a sweet podcast. Absolutely. Good for him. Good for us getting him on. What a phenomenal interview. I love the stem cell stuff that he did. It was just super cool. And I'm excited to get Dean Kilby on, who is the guy he interviewed when we uh, talked to him. Uh, And just a stem cell guy. First ever walk-in stem cell clinic in Australia. Let's get after it. I think we were behind the eight ball with the stem cell. Yeah, we definitely did not know. We were like, oh, is this like new stuff? Like, I mean, I can't believe this is not an actual like incorporated into our healthcare system right now. And he's like, yeah, I mean, it's been kind of like a controversy for about 10 years. And we were like, oh, the last decade. We're like, oh, frick. Oops. (laughs) Um, The other thing that I really loved was him talking about workouts because, I mean, I called myself out on that in in that interview. I haven't been working out. I, I look like. You know, I just don't look good anymore. I need to figure out how to get back in the weight room. I need to find out my why. You in look the weight average. Room. You don't look bad. Good point. I'm, a, I'm an average guys. human now, yeah. and that's fine. But I want to be a little more average, a little less average in my health. So just simple hangs. I mean, you never really think about it, but you don't put your body in that position too often, and that's like a natural position our body should be in because our lower back doesn't have the strength because it's just holding ourselves. So like having our legs dangle, it loosens up. The spinal cord. I mean, that sounds really cool. It sounds like something I can incorporate. Yeah, I've already done it a couple times, and it's actually really, really beneficial. Where you uh, like, so if it's leg day, you're squatting, and then you just you and you mix in the hangs like as a as the part of your recovery. So I'll hang for like 90 seconds, mm-hmm. like three three sets of 30, 90 seconds. Really beneficial. But hey, let's get after this back end situational podcast. We're outside. Hilton Head, South Carolina, poolside. As you can hear, I mean, this is already, you could tell the noise quality is probably a lot different than normal marketing interns. Oh, it's, should we soak it in? 
I think yeah, marketing interns. Let's take a, let's take about ten seconds, or however long, until it takes for you guys to soak it in of just silence from our end, and you can hear the surrounding environment. Just soak it in. Do you think they've soaked it in? I think they have. Okay. And they can soak in the crickets. They can soak in the uh, the Carolina heat because oh, I yeah. mean, it's thick. I bet they can tell how humid it is out here. Right oh, now. for sure. Uh, what's that one that's like? <laughs> what, what is that? I want to say it's is the a bird. Uh, no, it's a cicada. I think a cicada. What like what is that? The... I don't know if they come. I you know that's those things that leave the shells on the ground. Like oh, they um, like leave their skins all over the place, and they come every like ten years or something crazy like that. But <laughs> Dude, they're, you're they're speaking still a language I don't know. You not. don't ever heard of a cicada? No, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> Trapping the puck on. I mean, you're going to continue to hear the cicadas or whatever they are. Whatever these creatures. They are. Yeah. Maybe Might a deer. Will, maybe a deer will come up. With, this is a, a gator. Whole, this is all marsh back here, so there could easily be a gator crawling up here. Any deer. Um, but this is my grandfather's back. My grandparents' gra- backyard, and we're just in. You know, we're brought. We brought back the situational podcast because we love it. Yeah. Why not? Right. And so let's finish off this back end. Let's finish off this podcast the right way. We're going to start off with a little sneaky secret. Something we've been doing the last couple episodes. Uh, basically in a future of looking, looking forward segment of the stuff that Andrew and I want to accomplish going forward. Uh, sneaky, sneaky secrets. This week we have, uh, Andrew and I are about to, I've, I've already started my full-time job. Andrew, after your, uh, hiatus here, you're going to be starting your sabbatical. Sabbatical. Almost. Yeah. Dude, a, sabbat- a Southern sabbatical is mm-hmm. what the frick you're going through. Unbelievable. But uh, once we're into our full-time jobs, we're going to be away from each other all day, and then we're going to come back at night, and we're going to be grinding on podcast stuff. But when we're away, uh, what about this? We story hashtag podcasters Wait, can I go, can I go away. back real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but we're, doing, we're working our part-time jobs during the day to come back and work our full-time jobs <laughs> as podcasters, as podcasters great. at night. Andrew, great point. Apologize for breaking stride. But no, no, no. Yeah. That's great. That needed to be said. Mm-hmm. It needed to be t- talked about. But anyways, we story... You story when you're working, I story when I'm working, like in a business meeting or something, and when you're pulling weeds out of the the, oh, the lake. Out of the lake. Hashtag podcasters away from podcasting. Ooh. It, always good content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that the Instagram story does is really personalize who you are and, like, what you're doing. So your most dedicated people are going to be watching the story, and usually they're just going to be clicking through it. But, like, they're going to have a general idea of, like, what you're doing in that two seconds that they see it. Mm-hmm. So if we just, like, start storing, like, where we are during the day to really show, you know, the grind the day of the day-to-day life of podcasters, of, of full-time podcasters, you're part-time tr- Trying workers. to fund the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think, think that'd be sweet. I think uh, people also enjoy, you know, getting to know us a little bit more. Yeah. Building a relationship with us. Yeah. Which maybe we should also start using our own personal Instagram accounts. I'm a public figure on Instagram now. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, I need to put that in there. No, it. It's that little like um, transparent word below my name. Yeah. It says entrepreneur instead of public figure. <laughs> so but, I'm the public figure and you're the yeah, entrepreneur. Yeah. Perfect. I think that's kind of funny. I, I really don't understand. I mean, those are kind of or whatever, but just putting my name as an entrepreneur Everyone's probably looks at it like, look at this freaking guy. Yeah, who, like, who is this, this guy? guy? This guy thinks he's so cool. Yeah. Like, who's my, who's man? What did he start? What, yeah. is, what is his entrepreneurship? Yeah, what, what is he, what did his startup company, you know? People, it's so funny, like, full-time, like, corporate guys look at entrepreneurs like, we're just a bunch of jokesters, like, yeah. hipster jokester, like, weenies. Yeah, social media hunks. 
<laughs> oh yeah, these guys all they do is post on Instagram, like get a life, get a real job. Yeah, but you know it actually takes work. So yeah, right, let's pat ourselves on the back real quick. Yeah. All right, trapping the puck. Two final segments. What did you learn in a feel good story? You guys know how it works. Favorite part. You guys have made it this far. We just want to honor you and thank you for making it this far. We appreciate everything you do for us. Um, What did we learn this week, Declan? Start us off. So this one's pretty interesting. I learned that you cannot walk on an airplane when it's moving, like right when you get on. So you know how the airplane would like pull out away from the terminal or your check-in gate um, to get ready to take off? You're not allowed to walk during that time. So I was uh, taking a poop. Um, and they were the Delta was going through their like security like evacuation stuff like in case it, case of emergency cases of emergency this is what you do you know the typical thing and I'm in the bathroom and I had just finished up and they had just finished that and I was in the plane started moving and I got up walked like walked to my uh, seat I was in the middle seat the guy got up for me I got sat down two seconds later right after that the um, flight attendant sprints over like really good pace sprints over to where I'm sitting and she goes that is a huge no-no what you just did and I'm like what she goes you cannot be walking and moving standing up while the plane is in motion I should have called the pilot and canceled the flight because that is an, one of the biggest no-nos I cannot believe you did that and I was like okay like, sorry <laughs> and literally the guy next to me was like Dude, geez, she's gonna be on her ass like all the time now. And I was like, yeah, I guess you guess you learn something new every day. It's literally what I said, and so that's that's what I learned. I mean, decky airport troubles. It's a real thing. <laughs> I mean, there's. All, I mean, you, you feel you think you figured out the one thing, and then the next time around, something else Boom, happens. Something so. else. And then, yeah, plane lands, and then I gotta walk. I gotta trek across the entire freaking airport of Atlanta to get to my connecting flight in Savannah in 20 minutes. In 20 minutes, and they, I mean, I had some great pace. You know, I'm not gonna not gonna not run. You're not lollygagging. Yeah, I'm not not here to screw around. Put mm-hmm. it that way. And they uh, called my name over the intercom, like last call for Declan Brown. It's like great brand mar- brand awareness, great marketing there. Thank you to the Atlanta airport for uh, pushing my name out. The public figure, Decky Brown, you know podcasting always good for the always good for the brand hey you made it here we appreciate it sometimes you struggle with sometimes we all struggle with uh, transportation this time what did i learn my transportation was uh it was a grind and a half i came from um decky flew down here because he's only down here for a uh, a few days i'm down here for two weeks like we said the hiatus hiatus, whatever whatever you want to call it yeah exactly and i came from msp twin cities all the way down here in hilton head south carolina in the car I made a six-hour drive to uh, Chicago and then a 10-hour drive to Chattanooga. And let's pause real quick. Thank you, Chattanooga, for housing us. Just a fantastic location. People sleep on Chattanooga. Yeah. I love Chattanooga. What a great name for a place in Tennessee. But, yeah, a lot of people are sleeping on Chattanooga, the city. And uh, Chattanooga is something that needs to be talked about. Our podcast is already one step ahead talking about Chattanooga. So thank you, Chattanooga. And then I went another two hours to Atlanta after that night's day and picked up my grandfather's car because we needed two separate cars down here. And then I drove the final six hours or five hours from Atlanta to Hilton Head and it totaled about 23 hours. And what did I learn? I just learned that being in a car for 23 hours uh, stinks. But when you're with your mom, catching up on some uh, some great information that she has because she knows everything on everyone. So she can just fill me in on what I've missed the past. Was it like neighborhood ex- gossip or what? Neighborhood gossip. Just all my family friends that are around the neighborhood and, you know, what, what their kids are doing, what they're doing. It, just, it was awesome. My mom is just can talk for hours, so I just sat there and nodded my head, filled in when I needed to, and it was a great car ride. 
your brain is a little bit more full after your conversation with Carol and Sarah. That's phenomenal. I hope our marketing interns, their brain's a little bit more full after this podcast. Hopefully their brains aren't hurting from the from this bird. What's it called again? Cicada. cicada. Yeah, from the cicada just chirping here in the background. Shout out to uh, Sam the Cicada. I don't know who it is. Anyways, feel good story. Finishing off this podcast. Getting you marketing interns after your week. Just let it, let's get after it. Feel how good? are we getting out? How are we getting after our week to start? I mean, I know you guys are getting after your week, but we are gonna you know spend a little more time in our uh, sabbatical, whatever you want to call it, deck again, again. <laughs> and uh, this Monday, we're playing a round of golf in Hilton Head. The back pocket company card is sponsoring it. I mean, this whole trip is on the company card, to be honest. And uh, we're just gonna hit the ball around, figure out how to advance, keep try to score low because that's the name of the game. Yes, we're gonna be smacking balls when this podcast is playing in your ears on Monday. And, you know, golf is just a great game of strikes and gutters, man. You're going to have a great tee-off and then maybe a bad second shot or a bad tee-off and then a really good second shot. You always, you know... Ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows, ups and downs. That's just the game of golf, the game of life. And you know what? That's, you know, something may go, go well for you this week. Some things may not go well for you this week. At the end of the day, stay positive. Keep the grind going. Believe in what you're passionate in and just get after it. Anything, Andrew? Any final words? All right. Take care, marketing interns. We'll see you next week. Podcast 54, Rick Martinez, cannabis entrepreneur. We'll see you then. Take care. Take care. Take care.